This morning's reading is from um, the um, book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 2, verses 6 to 16, and it's entitled Wisdom from the Spirit. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ." clip isn't it i actually found that on the internet there's a number of ones that um, people have done um, and it just shows you the the amazingness of god and that song just clicks with it um this morning yes i'll bring in the message so it'll be a bit different to probably what you're used to um but don't worry this morning there's no need to rush out one because i've been quite switched on this morning i got up this morning and one of the first things I did is I went to get my cup of coffee. I put a spoon of coffee in my cup. I went over and grabbed the sugar. And I grabbed a spoon of sugar and I stuck that in the coffee jar. <laughs> now Deb heard a little chuckle come from the other side of the kitchen. And she said, what's that? Oh, nothing. <laughs> and the other reason is because I've locked the doors anyway so you can't get out. So. <laughs> Rightio, I'll just open in prayer. Dear Father, uh, uh, this morning I just pray that um, we all listen to your word, um, that we have our eyes open, that we have our hearts open, that we um, that you can speak clearly through me this morning. Um, as we look at uh, how big and how great and how awesome you are and how sometimes uh, we bring you down to a size that, that uh, really doesn't fit you, Father. Amen. Right, uh, We've just looked at a clip there and this morning we've had a theory going through of how great God is. But how great God is, we know that in our minds by reading the Bible, um, by covering, seeing things like this, by reading through the Bible of these fantastic stories we hear. But quite often we see, and in our minds through our daily life, that that isn't the case. We're reducing God down to a size um, that doesn't help us as humans and as man. Now, that can often corrode, um, eat away the Bible, 
um, some things that are in the Bible. And even the way we think about God and some of the Bible stories that we think about, our faith itself, understanding um, why does God do th- some things, why does God let some things happen, and answer, answers to prayer, why does God answer some prayers some way, and sometimes you think he hasn't answered prayer. So all these things can be affected by the way we think about how great God is or by putting him into our spot and how we would expect God to answer our prayers, not how God would expect, so to speak. Now I'm going to start by just throwing a couple of questions out. Um, and if you keep them in your mind while we go through the rest, hopefully we'll, we'll go through a bit of that passage that we've had up there and um, as I go through this and we'll come to a bit of an answer as into what will help us to understand a little bit better why we do that. Now, do we restrict ourselves as people of God, uh, as Christians, um, from doing God's work and God's will by doing that, by putting God in a box, so to speak? Is our life and faith limited to what we think is possible and not to the endless power and possibility that God has for us? Or do you and me as Christians then put limitations on what we read in God's word because of that? Now, are some stories just that in the Bible? Just stories. Now, for instance, I'll go through a few. Do you think that some of the old stories that we've listened to many years ago for a lot of us in Sunday school repeated over and over again, these magnificent stories like Noah? Now, is that just an as-if? Was some of it true? It's a big story. It's got a lot in it that is unbelievable to our minds. Jonah and the fish. If you think about that, do you know anybody who's survived um, three days in the stomach of a fish without being digested? It's a big ask, isn't it? For our minds, it's a bit unthinkable. Samson's long hair made him into some sort of superman until he was seduced by a pretty woman and he's had his mullet cut off. Jericho's walls blown down by trumpets. I can go on the Red Sea parting. Um, did it really part? Was it just a bit of wind blowing? Did it just... Was it shallow? Maybe we think some of these stories in the Bibles are true and parts might be just exaggerated. God's story is true in there, but maybe some parts aren't quite right. And why do we think that way? Why does this come to our mind? See, even when it comes to creation, now that's probably a really big one. For God to create the universe and everything in it, the earth, everything in and on it, down to the smallest microbe. Now that's pretty big. And I don't know whether you have or you've heard other people Even myself, I've done this when I looked at it years ago. We go, okay, six days to do all that and create all that seems just a bit pushing it. Even for God. Maybe God's years were thousands of years. Have you ever thought that? Maybe they were millions of years. You can go on. I'm not going to answer that because we don't really know that. We know what the Bible says about it. He says six days. But why do we think that way? Why do we bring it down to that? Why do we instantly look for a way out 
of God not to be able to do the creation in six days. Now, when you think about that, that's pretty close to creation. Sorry, evolution, isn't it? When you start thinking that way. We're bringing him down to our size. Now, the interesting thing when we think about it, I come to the conclusion and reading the Bible there that I think it's just because we are human. We think that way because we're human. That clip we've seen earlier there, um, that's the reason why it blows our mind. It's because we are only human. We're looking at something that's created by God. These fantastic bugs and creatures, those things that Nigel was talking about earlier with these massive bugs and birds and all the rest of it are beyond our beyond our way of thinking or creation. See, if God's creation, we were created man. I think part of the key lies in that. If you've got your Bible there, I'll ask you to open it, if you can, to Genesis. Genesis 1.27. Most of you will know it, but it's a good thing just to put your eyes to and help you put where we are and our perspective. It says there, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Note it doesn't say there, then God created more gods. We were made man in the image of God, but nonetheless, we're not gods. So that puts that into perspective, I believe. We aren't gods. We're not, we're not going to get God's big picture or understand fully the power of God. We are man. We are created by him. And we are in his image, which is a special thing on its own. Now, is it true when it comes to your life, the things you pray about, your work, your family, your identity as a Christian... I can't do that. Maybe even they can't do that. Or even more that we can't do that. Is that humanly thinking or is it godly thinking? And I think it's important to understand, especially as, as followers of God, followers of Jesus, that we understand God's capabilities and not restrict, restrict, I should say, our thinking and capabilities because of that. We need to understand God's capabilities and we need to keep that in our mind. I've found something good and something easy to remember. I think under, to understand it, I think we need to think that we think small. Remember, we think small and God thinks big. When you're planning things when you're making decisions in your life when I make decisions in my life we've got to think out of that small box and we've got to think God thinks big it's going to be different, his answer is usually going to be different to what you're thinking I know in my life where I am now even standing here where I am in my workplace is not where I dreamed I'd be 
God has a different answer usually than what we have and we need to accept that. Now, a great story in the Bible again was the first one that I started with, which was Noah. Now, Noah's story was, was just amazing. I found it something that really blows my mind. And if you remember, I'll jog your memory on the size of this vessel that had to be built and that he did build. Now, this boat was so large as to fit every pair of creature in it. Now, why he built that? Now, this thing was huge. To put it into scale for you, it was 135 metres long, it was 22.5 metres wide and it was 13.5 metres high. Now, for those of you who probably don't think in metres, probably some of your older crew who are out there, we'll go to feet. It was 450 feet long, 75 foot wide and 45 foot high. Now, for those of you who think in more pictures, you want to picture this thing in your mind, how big this thing is. Okay, it was three storeys high and had the deck area of about 36 lawn tennis courts. Now, for his time, this had to be built by hand, by cutting down trees. It was a massive job. Now, this ship, it wasn't until 1884 that a larger vessel was built, which is not that long ago. Engineers to the day say that it was a ship that, or vessel that would have floated around on the ocean and survived massive swells quite easily for a year that it did. So God knew what he was doing in his design. Now that was a big ask. That's the one that I look at because it's a big ask. It's a big ask for God to come down and say to you, I want you to build an ark. If you've ever heard Bill Cosby's spiel on that, have any of you heard that? It's brilliant. He comes down and asks him to build an ark and Bill Cosby says, what's an ark? He didn't believe it. He didn't believe he had to build this thing. Not only did he have to build this thing, which probably took him 100 years or so, maybe more, to build. But I'm sure back then there wasn't a copy of the zookeepers for dummies in any library. He had to go and catch all these animals as God brought them to him. Either way, he had all these animals on board that he had to take care of. So it was a zoo on its own. It's a big ask. You think about that story, as I have, God could have saved Noah a heap of trouble. Why did he pick a flood? Why did he pick a hard job for Noah to build a boat of massive size? And we know how great God is. He could have just gone, everyone's dead. But just save this group over here. He didn't do that, did he? Why did he, why did he pick this... Weirdest story that was so unbelievable to ask this family to do. We don't really know why. Why why actually God picked that? Because we aren't gods and we can't see God's mind. But we can look at the how and we can put ourselves in a bit of the place of Noah. How was it that Noah was able to build this massive vessel, a ship so big, when he was around 600 years old. It was because God helped Noah. God worked through Noah 
No, I let God work through him. There was no other reason that would have worked. God is not us. He doesn't think like us. He has no limits like us. And I think that part of God really comforts me. Does it you? That he has no limits? God has no limits. I find that really comforting. See, I'm getting on towards 40 in a few years. Some of you guys will go, okay, that's pretty young. Looking at a few years. (laughs) Now, on the other side of it, a few of you guys will be going, that's getting on a bit. And uh, my body's starting to feel things that it didn't feel and it's starting to wear out a little bit in certain places. Broken wings. Um, But that's limiting me from doing certain things that I used to do. But when I thought about it, there's lots of limits. On us as humans and us as men, there's there's limits all around us. What have we got? We've got speed limits. There's height limits. There's age limits. There's money limits. There's even carbon limits now. So in the world we live, we are so surrounded by limits. We are all limited. We live in a limited world. Our God, no limits. Now that's exciting. Anything is possible. In Mark 10, 27, we've just done that recently. Can anybody remember where that come from? What story we've just done? There's got to be one in. That's the one. That's right. So it was the rich ruler story that we've just done a few weeks back. Now Jesus looked at them and said, I'll read straight from that, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. So all things are possible with God. Now put that back into the context that it was. He was answering a question that was asked of him, and that was who can be saved? But the answer to that question is an open answer. He hasn't answered they can be saved and that can be saved. He's answered all things are possible with God. With man it's impossible. All things are possible with God. The thing is by putting God in this box that I'm talking about we're We're not only restricting ourselves and others of our brothers and sisters from doing the work and the endless possibilities that come along with that with knowing Christ and knowing God. By pulling him down to our size, we actually restrict them and their work and us in doing God's work. I said earlier also that we don't fully understand God. That's part of the other reason that we don't do it because we're not God's. If you're trying to, I'll tell you something you won't. You won't fully understand God because God is God. I'm not saying by any means here that put your Bible down and stop looking at it. The Bible's here for us to look at and to read and to learn more about what God expects from us, his dislikes and likes and what he's done for us. But we just can't fully, fully understand him. Now going to the, the uh, passage that was read earlier by Rhonda, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 I'll jump down to. There's a lot in that chapter there that is absolutely beautiful. 
That wasn't me. <laughs> However, it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? And in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that they may instruct him? And then we've got the clincher at the end there, which is, but we have the mind of Christ. If you look at the first part of that, if you've got your Bibles open still at that verse there, the first part of that verse says, God is unconceivable to us. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. So we're not going to get it fully because God is God. In the second part, Paul says, how do we expect to know the mind of God? if we don't know the mind of our brothers and sisters. See what he's getting at there? How do we expect to know the mind of a God if we don't even know your friend's mind? Now the last bit that gives us hope and a bit of an answer, which is 16. It's only a short bit. It goes right through that whole verse and it comes out with this bit of an answer for us. It says, but we have the mind of Christ. Now, it's not saying there that we know God. That gives us that we know God completely. Paul's asserting that through the Spirit there, through the Spirit that we have been given, that we have a direct connection to Christ or to God. And to have the mind of Christ is to have his viewpoint. So having the viewpoint of Christ is a gift of the Spirit that works within us. It's not to know God's thoughts but it's to have Christ's viewpoint. Now think about that. That's magnificent. We should be using that. We should be plugging into that spirit. Having Christ's viewpoint. Now God wants us to understand a few things. He hasn't just said, stood back and not, not done anything for us, has he? He's done immeasurable things for us. He wants us to know he's the one and only creator God. He loves us and wants to know us on a personal level. And he sent his son to live and die among us to make that possible. And what we're talking about today is that anything is possible for those who believe and trust in Jesus. The last point, when we think about our own lives and how other people affect us or how we affect other people, Anything is possible for those who believe in themselves. It doesn't say that. It says those who trust in Jesus. And just as God did amazing things through uh, Noah and other Bible characters and even other people you know that you've seen miracles happen around us here, he can and will do amazing things with you and your lives 
and us as a church. But that's only if we let the Spirit do its work. So we should listen to our spirit. No box. We need to think big and think God. No limits. God has no limits. Therefore, he gives us a lot less limits because he can do anything. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and how live your word is, the life it gives to us too. Father, we just pray that we, we take uh, your, your spirit that lives within us, Father, and plug into that spirit. We don't ignore it. And that we constantly look at how great you are and what you have done for us. You could have clicked your fingers at any time at a rebellious race that was created, Father, and gotten rid of us. I'm sure that we would have done the same. We would have done that. But you didn't. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for Christ and through Christ that we do have the Spirit and we can plug into you and know Christ's mind. Father, I pray we go out from here and encourage one another to do your work and to look big, to not think we can't do that. Amen.